All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. And the matchup is set. We've got a new new blood in the Stanley Cup uh, in that one first-time winner in franchise history will be crowned when it's all said and done. The matchup is set between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Game one of the Stanley Cup final going on Saturday. This is Daily Faceoff Live, and it's presented by Botano. The game starts now at botano.ca. 19 plus, please play responsibly. He's former NHL netminder, current Daily Faceoff analyst, Mike McKenna. Mike, how you doing? I'm great, man. I spent four hours on a pool floaty yesterday, and I think that's actually appropriate given the two teams in the finals with the Florida Panthers <laughs> and Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, the all-sunbelt matchup, quite a way to spend Memorial Day, and uh, a tough out for the Dallas Stars who fought back. So let's uh, dive into some big news on Mon- uh, Tuesday, uh, as it was a holiday on Monday. My days are a little mixed up, but some big news coming out of Washington, the nation's capital, that They have selected Spencer Carberry as their next head coach. Mike, not really all that much of a shock given the Carberry connection to the Washington Capitals organization, having been a head coach of the Hershey Bears previously. He spent the last two seasons behind the bench of the Toronto Maple Leafs as an assistant coach. I believe he was a finalist for the Boston Bruins position that ended up going to Jim Montgomery. And so when you think about Carberry and his now ascension to the helm in Washington. Mike, this seems like a guy, when you look at his resume here, that's certainly put in the work. 
Yeah, I think he's in the right place at the right time, and he's earned that right. And I've had my eye on Carberry now for the better part of a decade. He was a player in the ECHL with the South Carolina Stingrays. He bumped up to assistant coach, then head coach, in a three-year span, kicked ass in the ECHL, went to Hershey and did the exact same thing. Over three years there, his record was phenomenal. He was the American Hockey League Coach of the Year in 2021 in that abbreviated season. And what I like about this fit is not just the previous connection to the Washington Capitals, having been their AHL coach for a few years. It said he was also in Hershey with current Capitals assistant coach Scott Allen. So Scott Allen and Spencer Carberry worked together in Hershey in tandem, did a great job there. And that familiarity, I think, is really going to be something that Carberry can lean on because Allen is very good on the defensive side, the penalty kill. Carberry, when he was with the Maple Leafs, he ran the power play. He ran the offensive side of things, second best power play in the NHL with the Maple Leafs. So, you know, for me, he was one of the top young coaching prospects in the game. Uh, and, and I think that he's ready for this job. This isn't that this is a flyer. Carberry was on a lot of people's list, Frank. The Caps arrive at this at a fascinating spot, certainly a period of transition, uh, some familiar faces getting up there in age, some roster turnover as we witnessed at the trade deadline back in March with the Caps selling off some pieces. Mike, we had Colby Cohen on the show last week who played briefly for Spencer Carberry, and he said some coaches just have an it factor. They have mm -hmm. a presence when they're in the room. You seem to know that they're they mean business and they're on their way to something bigger, even at the minor league level. Are you a believer in that? Yeah, hundred percent. Like you can just tell, man. Like, and it's funny because I think Jay Leach is in that same category. He's the assistant coach of the Seattle Kraken. Well, Carberry and Leach were both assistant coaches with the Providence. Or Leach was the head coach of the Providence Bruins when Carberry was an assistant there. So, yeah, you do see it kind of from the inside that. This guy's got it. He needs the right chance. But when they get that head gig, Frank, like it's different than assistant, you know? And, and I think for Carberry, that vibe had been there. I'd heard it from a lot of players through the years, these last two, three, four years, that this guy's got what it takes to be a coach at the NHL level. It's just got to be the right fit. So that's one domino to fall on the coaching carousel. Certainly some more others potentially to come. The Columbus Blue Jackets, New York Rangers, Calgary Flames, Anaheim Ducks, as well as potentially the Toronto Maple Leafs, the Nashville Predators, and the Ottawa Senators. So eight potential openings, one filled. That leaves seven. Uh, and seven is one more than goals scored by the Vegas Golden Knights in their 6 nothing blowout of the Dallas Stars to advance to the Stanley Cup Final. They win the Clarence Campbell Bowl as Western Conference champions, advancing to the cup final for the second time in their six-year franchise history. Mike, Bill Foley said it way back when, when he acquired the franchise, it started the new expansion team. He said, Stanley Cup within six years. I think we all kind of laughed at him. And now advancing for the second time with their third head coach, this roster looks vastly different than the original Golden Misfits that arrived and burst onto the scene in their first year. But this feels, Mike, like a team that's poised to win. Yeah, and a lot of it has to do with one of the original misfits that Bill Foley told, I want two Stanley Cups out of this contract I just gave you, and that's Wild Bill Carlson. 
Okay. He took a bit of a discount to stay in Vegas a few years ago when he signed his extension. And part of that was the belief from Foley in that relationship. And now it looks like the prophecy may be fulfilled a cup in six. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think the Panthers have something to say about that. Obviously I expect a good series, but for me with the golden Knights, what it really comes down to is Mark stone coming back into the lineup, coming off LTIR um, perfectly timing his surgery, Frank. So his recovery happened right at the start of the playoffs, because that gave Vegas to me, three bulletproof lines, diversified lines before it it was one, one and a half, two. Uh, and you mix Stone into that, and then the pickup of Barbashev has really given them three offensive weapons. And the best part for Vegas is one of them is Carlson. Carlson's got 10 goals in 14 games in the playoffs, 17 games in the playoffs this year. He had 14 and 82 during the regular season. And he's doing that while facing the top matchup of every other team. He faced the Hintz Pavelski Robertson line that whole series against Dallas. He came out on top. He's killing penalties, playing a big role. He takes every defensive zone face off for the most part against top teams. So um, a lot of it's stone. They've gotten great goaltending from Hill. I don't want to undersell that. He has been really good. And the back end, Frank, they've pretty much rolled the same six guys the whole playoffs with the exception of when Petrangelo was injured. So Vegas is definitely on a roll coming in. And I was shocked that that was a blowout last night. I was disappointed even, man. Like game was over by the end of the first and that just sucked. Yeah. Um, what'd you make of the touch from Bruce Cassidy starting the fourth line in an all important game six on the road. And not only do they provide energy, but they provide scoring two goals within the first 14 minutes from that fourth line alone Seemed like Bruce Cassidy just kind of had his finger on the pulse here saying, Mm. hey, look, yeah, we may have lost the last two games, but so many teams would be enviable of the position that we're in one win away from advancing to the cup final. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. Cassidy has taken the fourth line as uh, his starting unit on multiple occasions this year. And I think he's more likely to do it when Nick Waugh is centering that fourth line with Colasar and Carrier and definitely paid off. He has no problem going to any of his four lines, but that has been something he's dug into previously. Yeah, let's talk about the Dallas Stars. Really disappointing end for them, uh, clawing their way back to make it uh, 3-2 in that series, potentially can make it, uh, force a Game 7, put the Vegas Golden Knights on their heels on home ice, a choking situation. And to come out like that um, really kind of surprised me, especially on home ice. Not the first time that that's happened in this series. Think back to Game 3 and the egg that they laid. But I want to go big picture on the Dallas Stars as we sort of think back on this run that they've been on, a 30,000-foot type of view. Really interesting question for you, Mike. Is the Stars' window to win opening or is it closing? It's right in between. It's tough to call this because I think without being able to maybe move Sagan or Ben or Suter's contract, which to me, I don't think any of those three are really movable in the first place or even buyout because you look at Suter's, it's a 35 and up contract. It's tough for me to think that their window's opening. I could see the Stars being a really good team here for a while, Frank, but they only have about $7.4 million of cap space to play with, and they basically need an entire fourth slash third line. I think their D needs to be better. I mean, Suter was a defensive liability at times in playoffs, and he's making three six five for the next two years. So, I mean, if that's the case and you got to buy some forwards with a little bit of money, man, I really liked Max Domi. I liked his fit. They picked him up at the trade deadline. I like the Don off too, but you're not going to get both of those guys. You might get one of them and then a bunch of spare bits. And right now, at least, there's not that many players from the Texas Stars ready to make the jump, Frank. There are exciting prospects in the Dallas Stars pool, but to me, they're two to three years away. So I think Dallas is in that gray area where under DeBoer, they're going to be good. They're going to play to a tight system. 
but they're not quite there because again, they got those big contracts weighing them down. And yeah. I'm not sure what you can do with them. I don't know. I, I agree with you, but I think they made such an important transition from the Sagan and Ben era to the point where they're just kind of accessories now. And yeah, those contracts are certainly anchors, but when you consider the pieces that they have, Rupe Hints, Jason Robertson, Wyatt Johnson bursting onto the scene as a 19-year-old in these playoffs, scoring two series-clinching goals. He turned 20 during these playoffs. Jake Ottinger, Miro Haskinen. I personally, Ty Delandria had significant moments. I, I think this team Thomas is, Harley, same way. Another yeah, defenseman there. I, I think they're actually on the upswing. I think their window I, is just opening and having made the playoffs four of the last five years, two trips to the conference final, one trip to the cup final. In between that cup final and this run – that's when that transition took place. And so I'm going to say their window is opening, not closing. So I'm I'm not going to say it's closing, but I think it's kind of like at a standstill here, right? So <laughs> I don't think that they're like declining. Um, but again, they're going to have to have some of these prospects make a big difference in the next two or three years beyond the current ones that we've seen so far. I have loved Harley, especially Johnston, what they've done. But I think for them to get over the hump, man, they've, they've got to make that decor look a little different because when the games really got down to the top teams, Lindell and Hockenpah, they weren't quite yeah. there to match up with Suter the Suter really struggled too. Nights. Yeah, yeah, that Suter one looms large. Uh, I mean, they have some exciting stuff on the way. Logan Stankov, yep. and you see in this Mem Cup, looks pretty damn good too for the Dallas Stars. Anytime you draft as well as they have, you're going to have a shot to keep reloading and reloading uh, without a first-round pick this year, of course, traded to the New York Rangers for Nils Lundqvist. Let's move on to our off-season uh, plan that we've continued to work through. And today is the Vancouver Canucks as we sift and sort through what they're facing. Mike, what's priority number one for you? For me, it's something that they've been talking a lot about, but haven't actually accomplished yet, which is create salary cap flexibility. If you look on cap friendly today, they're the only team that's actually above next season's salary cap figure, which is temporarily penciled in at $83.5 million. That's an ugly spot to be. Yes, they have some LTIR flexibility that they can work in, but they still have players that they need to sign. And they're over the cap with a team that didn't make the playoffs last season and only added to their cap trouble, acquiring guys like Philip Peronik instead of uh, you know moving pieces off their books mm -hmm. like they intended to do with Bo Horvat. What say you? Yeah, I mean, they did the same thing by extending Andre Kuzmenko, who, hey, man, he had a good year, but... Like, what's he going to be in a couple? Is he ever going to round out to be able to play defensively in the league? I mean, can Tockett make that happen? You're going to have to find out. I mean, honestly, dude, if they don't clear cap space after talking about it, what are we even doing? And they can do it. I don't want to hear that they can't clear cap space. Trade JT Miller. You got until July 1st. Okay. Trade Connor Garland. Make it happen. You got Tyler Myers at $6 bucks one year left on D. Somebody will take him. OEL, Frank, do you think they could buy out Oliver ekman Larson? I don't think they would. I don't think it makes sense this year. I mean – you yeah you'd save 10 million dollars in real in real dollars but to pay him 20 million to go away i think you hope that he has some kind of eric carlson type resurgence to his game out of the clear blue sky yeah that's not going to happen so that's dead space and that's why i'm saying like if look elias Pettersson's an absolute number one centerman in the league he's one of the top 10 players without anybody realizing it this year yeah let him run let miller go if you got that deal to move and we want to make make cap space 
that's a guy you could get rid of in a heartbeat. So I just don't want to hear those excuses that they can't make a deal anymore. It's there. It's got to happen because right now there's a whole lot of mid-priced contracts that are eating up space there in Vancouver. But, and they but don't you have, have to remember, over. Mike, what their mantra is, what their mission and mandate, which is to be competitive and bounce back and be a playoff team next year. I, I don't know exactly what the Canucks are thinking, but I would have to think that their front office is sitting there after the Florida Panthers advanced to the Stanley Cup final saying, hey, why can't that be us? Why can't we be a team that gets in and anything could happen? Because do they have somebody of the same value as a Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger? They do. It's a JT Miller. But they'd have to find value on the dollars coming in behind him because of the cap space hell that they made for themselves. So that's why <laughs> you keep signing guys and trading for guys that are blowing up the cap space. And that's not sustainable if you want to be able to reload on the fly. You got to get value for what's going out the door. Yeah. Easy to easy to say, hard to do, as yep. the Vancouver Canucks have evidenced. Uh, let's get to this week's edition of the Blue Paint. All right, Mike, let's dive into the goaltending carousel, which is truly about to spin with this week's edition of the Blue Paint. And want to throw to a clip from Craig Conroy. I had a chance to speak to him, the New Flames GM, last week on Frankly Speaking, about their goaltending situation. Here's what he had to say. For sure. I mean, the one thing is with two goalies under contract, we those are the conversations you may have with other teams. You know, Wolf definitely put himself right in the mix. The only, you know, it's a good it's a good problem for me to have three goalies that we feel very comfortable with. You know, so we're going to, you know, as I start talking to GMs around the league, you know, is there an opportunity someone need a goalie? Because I think all our guys want to play every night. That's the one thing. But I do think at some point Wolf needs to come up and if he's backing up here and then and getting games. I mean, but the only thing I don't want him to do is not play. I mean, he's got to continue to play. And, you know, to be a young guy, he, he doesn't need waivers to go up and down. And that's the benefit of being here in Calgary. You know, he can he can play games and then he can come up and then he can go back and play games if he has to. I know he, I know that's not his mindset, but until we do something, you know, up here with the other two goalies, uh, you know, we're just going to have to kind of try to figure that out. So you heard Craig Conroy say it. The Flames have a problem. It's a good problem to have with Dustin Wolf ready for an NHL opportunity. Uh, Dan Vladar and, of course, Jacob Markstrom already there in Calgary. What should they do? This is easy. I mean, everything Conroy said basically leads to the what should happen. They need to trade Dan Vladar. Now, that being said, he's a goaltender that even within that organization, there's a lot of belief. In. They really love Vladar. They think he's got a high ceiling. But Dustin Wolf's a two-time reigning AHL goalie of the year. He was the AHL MVP. That's the first time that's happened since 2003, when it happened to be Calgary's goalie coach, Jason LaBarbera, who was the AHL MVP. Bottom line is they need to get Wolf in the door and say, get a place to live. You're going to be here all year, and we're going to give you the leash to make this happen. Because I don't think Markstrom's contract, I don't think they can move on from that, and I'd like to see a resurgent Jacob Markstrom anyway. I like that combination of a Wolf and Markstrom. But this is why I like Vladar's deal when they signed it, that two-year extension. It's a two-year deal, 2.2 per. He's 55 games. Yeah, it makes it easy career. to trade. Right, exactly. It's an asset. This is why you build goaltending assets, because you can trade him down the road. So I think it's pretty clear. You bring Wolf up. He's way overripe for the American League. You can't send him back there. That, that'd be that'd be bullshit. There's no way around it. And so Dan Vladar. Can you think of a place yeah. where Vladar makes sense to land? 
Well, if you would like to spin to topic two, we could do that. Because well, I, I was going to say before right we do that, there. how good is Wolf? <laughs> Wolf, dude, Wolf's bound. The only hang-up is his size. Everybody, he's six foot tall. He's a late round draft pick. Well, he was drafted in the seventh round because Calgary's scouting staff said we need this guy. They believed the goalie staff believed in this guy, and he's making him look good on it. Wolf can play. If UC Soros can be a top four, top five goalie in the league, Wolf can do the same thing, and he's going to push Jacob Markstrom. Okay. Well, it's certainly going to be interesting to watch because there's no shortage of teams that would like to shore up their goaltending with perhaps a uh, inexpensive guy to play 1A, 1B with. I wonder if a team like the New Jersey Devils, for instance, could mm -hmm. make some sense for uh, a team uh, that would be in the market for someone like Vladar. Uh, so let's get to that topic, too, on the blue paint. Last season, the Penguins rolled the dice with Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. Jari is a pending unrestricted free agent. He's just outside the top 10 on our latest top 50. Someone that's probably going to be in the $4.75 million neighborhood for next contract. But he really struggled with not just injury, but also inconsistency in terms of his play. If you were the next GM of the Pittsburgh Penguins are all waiting to figure out who that is, what would you do? Well, I'd like to have Jari back. And the reason being is I do think that he is maybe the top free agent available if you're going that route. And I think that homegrown talent matters a lot. The problem for Jari, it really has been all health related to me. The dips you've seen in his play have largely been able been because he's been injured, not playing at 100%. He's such a good puck mover, it makes a difference. Um, thing is, if you can keep him at 475, I like that deal. But I'm not sold that Casey DeSmith, who hasn't been available and hasn't been able to shoulder the load in important situations, is the guy. So, Frank, I got an idea. I think Pittsburgh Penguins trade Casey to Smith over to the to the uh, Calgary Flames. They could stash Smith's contract if they want to in the American League and then bring on interest in Jari again on another deal. You got less than seven million bucks in goaltenders. So, like, this is just thinking outside the box here. But I don't think. Why, wait, wait a second. Help me help me understand this. Why does Smith to Calgary if they already have too many goalies? Because then the point is Vladar, full-blown NHL goalie. DeSmith gives you a third layer, okay? Now, is DeSmith an NHL goaltender? Probably. He is. He has been for the last several years. My idea there, though, is that then you get somebody in the bullpen waiting if Wolf isn't ready, if Wolf doesn't show well right off the bat. I would want another bullet in the chamber there. So I'm just thinking outside the box here. My point, the greater point with Pittsburgh is I don't think they can roll back Jari and DeSmith and feel comfortable with it. It's been two years in a row. It might have been the death knell of Ron Hextall. So from a health standpoint and everything else, you think you need a durable goaltender. And if you can keep Jari in house at that type of deal at 475, I would do it, but I would not roll back Jari into Smith. Yeah, I, I think a lot of people in Pittsburgh are nodding their heads saying the same exact thing. So let's put all this together in terms of the goaltending puzzle. The biggest piece out there that's sort of looming is Vezina winner Connor Hellebuck. I think the big question is, does he want to stay in Winnipeg or not and needs to let the Jets know that answer? If you look into your crystal ball, what do you think? Time to go. It's time to move on. I mean, we've seen Winnipeg take swings. We've seen them being okay. We've seen them be at their best. Connor Hellebuck's been their best player now for the better part of, realistically, what, six, seven years there. And with one year remaining on his contract at $6.16 million, a year from the road at 24-25, he's going to get a big-time deal. He is 30 years old, but I think he wants to win desperately. 
as much of a competitor as he is, Frank. And think of these teams that need goaltending. Like we're thinking about L.A. or Edmonton or other teams that could really utilize someone like him. And he's at a reasonable cap hit for one more year at 6.1. It's going to balloon for his next contract into at least the eights for me. So to me, I think Hellebuck's got to move on. Now, what does Winnipeg do to backfill? That's a great question because they want to still be competitive. But I think that they're going to have to go to the UFA board and get somebody more in the 4 or $5 million range to make that happen or even take back an asset um, in return for Hellebuck. But you may have more insight in this. I mean, do you think Hellebuck wants out? Are there teams that would go for him? Yeah, oh, there's definitely teams that would go for it. They have him. to be, right? Uh, I just I don't have a, any clarity yet on what his feel is. And if you're mm. the Jets, do you try and take one more run with with Connor Hellebuck in your fold, and and then just let the chips fall where they may and let him walk? Like that's one of the big things that sort of drives me crazy about the way NHL general managers think about this as an all or nothing. That you have to get something for him, or else it's a shame that he walks for nothing. Like you signed him to the contract fulfilling the full terms of the contract there's nothing wrong with that i understand but the asset management part of it but i also look at it and say well like goalies don't really get fair market value on the trade market so to think that someone's going to pay a ton to get connor hellebuck for one year to then pay him a lot more after the fact like i guess i just don't really see that happening so so uh, does, does he have greater trade value now or at the trade deadline? Uh, I, no one likes trading for goalies at the trade deadline. So it would See, be now. That's but what I think as well. I, I also just think if you're the Jets and you've invested so much into this team and core, not saying run it back again, obviously you need to make a decision on Shifley and Wheeler. But just because you make that decision with them doesn't mean you need to make the same decision with Hellebuck. I don't know. I think taking Hellebuck out of the mix you're almost more or less waving the white flag on next season, which again, not necessarily the worst decision because you need to reboot and retool, but nonetheless, it's a gaping hole that you really need to try and fill. So uh, Mike, great discussion on the goalie front. The carousel as mentioned, just beginning to spin. Uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of the blue paint. Um, let's get to our daily face-off inbox question of the day. But before we do that, need to uh, pass along some news quickly. It seems as if a coaching change is coming in Nashville. Obviously, some winds uh, you know, blowing on that front in the last number of days. I believe the Preds had told John Hines uh, a few weeks ago that they were going to go through a process in which they wanted to review his work and, and job security. I think the Preds are planning to meet with John Hines at some point today to deliver the news, which is that Andrew Brunette is expected to be the next head coach of the Nashville Predators, uh, according to multiple reports. All I'll say is this, probably not a great look for Barry Trotz in his first run as GM of the Preds. If anyone, I think he would understand uh, the job security aspect of this and why having someone like John Hines dangle out there for the last couple of weeks, uh, while there are also so many openings, probably not a great look in terms of wading into your first uh, days as GM of the Preds. What do you think? I want to hear more about this one because I'm inclined to think the same as you, um, but I just don't like play people not knowing what their future may be. So yeah, I, I told them they were going to go through a review process, though, Frank. It does feel like, to me, all bets were like anything could have happened. Yeah, the- but look, no one should be finding out about who the next guy is before the last guy is even told that he's fired. And that's, no, but it's that's what's happening here. Works now. 
Yeah. It's brutal, but that's how things seem to work, right? Like we find out about trades on Twitter sometimes as players. It's like, yeah, but that's different. This me. is something that's totally <laughs> in a team's control and has the season ended f uh, five, six weeks ago now. Like to think yeah. that you, if you're going to start interviewing people for the position, that means that you've made a decision to know enough that you don't want your guy back. So at least cut that guy loose while you then could have him interviewing for other positions. Just doesn't seem like the right way to handle it. But uh, alas, uh, let's get to that uh, hashtag ask DFO inbox question of the day. The Jack Eichel trade, has it become a win-win when you see his impact in the playoffs? I was kind of leaning towards, and this always evolves, Mike. It takes years to really evaluate a trade. I was leaning towards the Sabres really having the edge here with both the impact Tuck has made and Krebs and the first round pick and all that. But now it seems like Eichel is really proving his worth. Yeah, same boat as you here, man. This was not a home run for Vegas by any stretch. They gave up a lot. Alex Tucks blossomed into a first-line player, and he was nothing more than a third in Vegas. Uh, and there was no guarantee Eichel was going to be any good in postseason. He's been arguably Vegas's best player. So this is kind of like Bobrovsky's $10 million deal in Florida, right? Everybody hated that contract, get rid of it, everything. And now it looks good because he's carrying the club. So in some ways I see a parallel. But right now I would, would consider this a win-win because Eichel was – he was never going to reach these heights in Buffalo and neither was tuck in the other direction or the first round pick. So I think it's a pretty good deal. It looks like in, in retrospect. Yeah. Jack Eichel, the odds on favorite to be the con Smythe winner, which is the perfect segue to Tyler Remchuk and our daily face-off Batano daily bet segment. Tyler, uh, how do you feel about the con Smythe as you don't have anything to bet on for the next, uh, I don't know, five nights or so. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, throwing some money down on some Major League Baseball, I guess. I don't know. The NBA Finals don't start for a little bit. Uh, things are getting quiet on the sports calendar, uh, Frank. But let's take a look at what our friends at Patano have up for the opening odds for the 2023 Stanley Cup Final. The Florida Panthers plus 112 underdogs. The Golden Knights minus 137. And the odds boards are saying it's likely to go six or seven, as you can see here. Just taking a first glance at it, Frank. And we'll have more on this in the next coming days here. I'm really intrigued to go both this series to go seven and the Florida Panthers at plus 112 underdogs. Listen, you can discount them at your own peril. They have rolled through the playoffs and beat some really damn good hockey teams. And I think they go up pretty well against the Vegas Golden Knights. Again, we'll be previewing this a lot in the next little bit, Frank. But uh, I guess I want to throw this to you quickly. What do you make of the Panthers being plus 112? Is that about right? Or did you think maybe they'd be even bigger dogs? No, I think it's about right. Honestly, I have a hard time handicapping this series. I think the odds would indicate that the Panthers, um, excuse, excuse me, the Golden Knights are about a 57% chance to win. Yeah. So it kind of, it sounds right to me. Um, it's probably about where I'd handicap it. And if I were looking at something juicy to play, I'd probably be in the neighborhood of what does it look like for Golden Knights minus one and a half games. That's, that's sort of where I'd be heading Golden Knights in six. Plus 145 on that one over on Botano, Frank. See, that's not, not juicy <laughs> enough for me to do it. Like, I would just take Golden Knights to win at any point instead of Golden Knights in six. Oh, there you go. I'm just looking right now at Botano, and they have a, just over 20 different props from player head-to-heads to total shots on goal in the series. So I'll be breaking those down on the next couple of shows. Thanks, Frank. The game truly starts now yeah. at Botano.ca. That brings us to Garbage Time with Mike McKenna. Mike, you've got something to say about this matchup. And it's simple. Two warm weather, non-traditional hockey markets, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Stop whining, Canada. Sorry. 
It's a 32 team league. This game, these people are passionate in these cities. I could care less. They're in the league. They deserve to be there. Go see a game. Put your sunscreen on. I don't, I just, I'm sick of people complaining that you don't get a team from traditional hockey markets in the finals. How's the game ever going to grow if you don't win a cup in some of these places? So there's players coming from Florida. There's players coming from Nevada now. Get used to it, folks. There's no such thing as a non-traditional hockey market anymore. Yeah, I agree with you. And also, if you're just a, a casual hockey fan that, I don't know, maybe you're one of those people, not like the Super Bowl, but you go to the cup final every year, two pretty awesome places to host it between South Florida and Vegas. So certainly no shortage of uh, options and things to do on the many off days of this Stanley Cup final schedule. Mike, that'll do it for today's jam-packed edition of Daily Faceoff Live. We'll be back 12 noon Eastern on Wednesday. You know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? 
but there's more. You gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount, and that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's gonna find the back of the net first, and you're gonna wanna be careful, because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you gotta predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.